I'll be your host today. My name is Mike, a.k.a. MTB Trigger. We have a little bit of a unique episode tonight due to some news that dropped very recently. We've got an awesome dev letter that came out of that and some very exciting stuff on the test server. We've got a question from one of our new patron supporters. In addition to that, we've got an awesome guest host joining us for an interview and then hopefully hanging out for some of the dev letter conversation. So we'll see how that goes. So with me today, we've got the One Heart, Heathy Keithy, and our special guest host, who I'm pretty excited to introduce to you all. You might know him if you've been around the PUBG tournament scene at all, because he hosts a monthly tournament that has started to attract some really big names. I've also had the pleasure of playing duos with him and actually co-casting one of his tournaments alongside of him, which was an absolute blast. Our guest today is the legend from New York City, Alex underscore OP. Alex OP, how are you, my friend? Welcome to the show. Hey, everyone. I'm really good, and uh, it's a pleasure to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Awesome, man. Well, we're excited, but before we jump into the show and the interview, I think everybody here got to jump into the test server really quick, and we're going to jump into more detail later, but give me your initial gut reactions, guys, to the Test Realm updates. Kev, I know that you were in there probably the longest. What, what's your gut reaction to the new changes? Oh, it's just so fun. The, the mantling or the ledge grab is just perfect. I've seen that they're going to put some more stuff in there, but as is, it's already running pretty well. It's pretty fun to jump from apartment to apartment easier. It's going to be fun. Awesome, man. Heath, what about you? I know we got a quick game in there. I'm pretty excited about that deagle, man. I managed to find one eventually and got an extended mag in there as well and had a bit of a blast, got a headshot with it. Loving the gas cans. I think we called this previously on an episode, it must have been a while ago, about the gas cans exploding. And I didn't see that coming at all in development. Like, I did see it coming, obviously, but I didn't think they'd actually do it. So it was, yeah, we, we had a bit of fun blowing stuff up today. How about you, Trigger? Did you find anything yourself? Um, <laughs> I was laughing because I couldn't figure out how to ledge grab until you guys told me about it. <laughs> Sitting there jumping at a wall and figuring, well, what the heck do I do here? I don't think you'll be alone there. So we'll get into all that. I really do like the ledge grab. The gas can explosions were hilarious because we're running around and we're trying to fight people and Heath is just blowing up gas cans when I ask for cover noise. <laughs> so that was fun. How about you, Alex? Did you get in really quick? Yes, I did. I was uh, frantically looking for a flare gun so I can get that ATC. I hear it's badass with no more uh, shooting the tires. It's bulletproof tires and the fact that it's supposedly takes like 64 AKM uh, bullets to blow up. It just blows my mind. I can't wait to try try that. And it goes on, wa it, it rides on water. Love it. So everybody's got things they're excited for. We're going to dig into all of that later on the episode here. But first things first, man, we've got, we've got Alex, we've got you here, man. We're excited for that. So we're going to jump right into it. So I think the first thing I want to do here is just give you a chance to tell us about you, right? You've got a really cool community on Twitch. 
Uh, but there's maybe a bunch of our listeners haven't seen you or heard from you or don't know anything about you. So I want to give you the chance, like, give us a little bit of your background. Where'd you come from? Tell us what you're all about, man. Well, long story short. Okay, maybe it's a long story, but I'm going to be honest. Uh, when it comes to life in general, I came from Colombia, uh, which is in South America. I was actually from one of the most poorest villages up in the farm slash mountain areas of Cali, Colombia. Um, it was during one of the scariest times that Colombia and probably the world has ever seen when it comes to, you know, the drug war, Pablo Escobar, the Medellin cartel, and then the cartel that was in my city, the Cali cartel. My family actually had the opportunity, um, thankfully, to migrate to the United States. And it was sad because my dad had to leave my mother and I in Colombia for two years so he can come to the U.S. and save enough money to get my mother and I over to the States. When it comes to gaming, I honestly thank my father because while he was working in the U.S., he would send me an Atari, which I actually broke because it fell off. I had it so high up somewhere, and you know, no, there was no wireless controllers back in those days, so it, I yanked the controller. You know, I'm a very competitive person, and when I lost, I, I must have yanked it, and I know that I broke it. It was definitely something that I will never forget. So I want to back up for just a quick second here. So you said you're from Colombia and your dad came over first. How old were you when you actually came to the United States? I came to the United States when I was almost five years old. So I got to see my dad when I turned like basically five and he left when I, w when I was just turning three and then I got to see him again, basically was turning five. Wow. So I've heard on your stream, you, you talk about your upbringing a lot and you talk about your past a lot. going to ask you to go into a little detail here because I know you don't do a lot of this on your stream and I think that's intentional, but I know you work extremely hard in a bunch of different areas so that you can pursue this hobby and the streaming career and the tournament scene. But you've you've alluded to your background a lot, and you've alluded to the fact that you put some serious effort into your career outside of gaming. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Absolutely. So you're absolutely right. I, I sometimes um, I don't want to come across you know a certain way, so I I kind of keep things you know to myself. But I don't mind absolutely getting to, you know to the details. It it's it really t uh, it's touching because I truly believe in the power of love and positivity, and I truly believe that there is an energy out there, uh, good karma that can actually propel you to success. And when it comes to my past, I came from nothing. We came from the poorest of the poor, and for a father to to you know leave the country and leave his country of or you know where he's from and where he knows everyone his family to come and save up to bring me and my mother over to the United States just so he can give us an opportunity to have a better future because we were dealing with one of the scariest uh, situations Colombia has ever seen we finally got to meet back and when I saw my father we got out of the airport got to his car he opens up his trunk and the first thing he gave me was the Sega Genesis with Sonic the Hedgehog video game um, and that, that I will never forget because I'm telling you guys, video games, it's like my father wanted me to be a video game star or a big player, just wanted me to be happy in general. He wanted the best for me because he didn't get anything when he was a child. And let me tell you what, when it comes to, you know, what I do, um, I do it for, of course, for my, for myself, but I, I do it also because I want to, I want to be successful, but I, I mainly do it because my family I'm always there for me and I want the best for my family. My, my mother's actually currently disabled and my father works in a factory. They don't make real, really good money. Okay. It's still, it's still that generation. So I wanted to make them proud. And that's why 
I I wanted to make sure that um, I came over to you know the states and and, made, and I wanted to make sure that I made myself into something. As far as being successful, I think I thank God every day because I think that uh, most of my success came from just that that push. Sometimes some people just give up. Some people just want to you know take the easy road out. Um, and then unfortunately, there's some people that go in depression. Um, I personally believe that you can be anything you want to be. And I've, I'm sure you've seen all these celebrities or stars or whoever you know that came from nothing do the same. And it's just really there. Honestly, I can't believe it. it, it it's it's uh, That's where I'm at now. And, and I, and I want to continue being uh, a video game content creator, player. I want to grow in this in this world that they call the streaming uh, Twitch community world. And who knows where we, we go from here in the future. I, I want to focus on something you said. You mentioned the power of positivity. And one of the things that I can say, and I don't think I'm speaking out of turn here, all of the hosts uh, here on the podcast, we, we like your channel. I think everybody's hung out in your channel now for quite a while uh, since we kind of first got introduced to you. I remember when I was first introduced to you, it was by a guy named TK underscore Stray Bullet. And we were playing and I kept running into you. I killed you. You killed me. I was like, man, I run into this guy all the time. And Stray's like, dude, that guy's legit. He's an awesome guy. And so I went and watched actually PUBG report. I just remember you like, I think you killed us or something. You're like, oh my gosh, that was Stray. No, like it was just this like super cool reaction to uh, that. Sometimes we, we see the toxic side, but that's really what drew me to your channel was this idea of positivity and you're talking about it all the time. How important is it to you that your content remains positive? Because you've got a ton of people around you that are awesome, but dig into that a little bit for us. I really love to have fun. Um, I'm all about having fun. If I'm in IRL situations and I'm bored, I'll try to do something to make it fun. If I'm at a party and no one's really having a great time, I want to be the life of the party. When it comes to my stream, I'm the exact same way. I have these soundboards that I personally have bought and set up for where I'll, I'll make people laugh. Um, I'll have the soundboard where it says, I want to chew some bubble gum and kick some, some ass. I'm all out of gum. It's like stuff like that that'll just get... Duke Nukem, baby. Yeah, of course. I grew up with Duke Nukem and I love those. And I got some other really funny ones like, that I use. And I'm all about putting a smile on people's faces. And I, and I yell like in a, in a happy screaming way like, oh my God, I can't believe this just happened. Wow, what a headshot. I never put down someone. I never say, oh, that shot was awful. Oh, this game is, is trash. I'm always having a good time. There are times where the game could potentially tilt me, but it never gets me to that level. All I have to say when it comes to those things, those situations is GG's. You know, I love having fun. I love making, you know, the, the power of positivity show because it really broadcasts a message that whether you're the best or the worst player, it's all about having fun. And, and that's how you meet real genuine people. I had the chance and opportunity to meet TK Stray Bullet, who was uh, a legend. He was able to not only, uh, you know, get a game in with me and then talk to me and open up to me and actually invite me to be part of his, uh, you know, he wanted to to sponsor one of my tournaments. So I, it, it, that was that was amazing. You know, when you meet people like that, it, 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 it really really opens up doors um, in the fact that um, I got to meet you and I had the opportunity to play with you and also ha have you co-cast with me for a tournament. You know, that stuff blows me away because I, I'm always doing stuff for other people. And I, when I mean that, I say uh, I'm always 
giving back to the community. I'm always doing some type of subscriber giveaway. I'm always doing some type of tournament. The money used to come out of my pocket, things like that. And now people are willing uh, or like looking out for me and saying, hey, Alex, how about I sponsor your tournament? How about I take care of these funds? Because I know you're going to give back to the community. And I love that you do that. And then when you came aboard and you said, hey, I want to be a part of the, uh, the, the, the you know, a sponsorship too. I want to give out this gift card. That blew me away. And the fact that you co-casted with me and you did an incredible job, by the way. You sounded so good. You did so well. Um, and I can't wait to do another one in the future. And I hope you can tag along again as well. But um, I really, truly believe that if, if you're a negative person, you're just going to get negative, uh, you know, outcomes, negative people. You're just going to have a negative result in life, whether it's Twitch, whether it's work, whether it's life. And that's not cool. Um, don't ever be that person. And, and that's what I'm about. So Alex, what, what's the OP stand for in your name? Like, I'm assuming it's overpowered. So a lot of people ask me, um, does it mean overpowered? The truth behind the OP, um, it actually means overly positive. <laughs> I am too happy. Nothing gets me upset. You can literally yell at me and call me names, call me, you know, uh, you know, whatever those bad names from, you know, people from the Latin, you know, region, whatever. You can call me anything you want on all chat when you get killed by me. <laughs> Notice I said get killed by me. Um, but I will absolutely <laughs> not give back to that. I will not feed into that. And I'll just say GG's and I'll just say, hey, got to move on. Come on, really? You don't have, you don't throw to a be right back screen and go and punch the wall and come back or? Most of the time I'm laughing at stuff because I go, oh my gosh, I can't believe someone said that or whatever. Words can't break me. You know the saying, okay? Um, it really, really doesn't affect me. The only time something would affect me is if you're ever physically touching my family. But words, none of that stuff, that will never affect me. Um, and of course, we have mods to control anything that if there was something on my stream that was negative, um, I'm not someone that will allow people to talk negative stuff either. So my mods know that. And if they don't know that, they're in trouble because that's the most important thing that I want to portray ever. Um, there was a time where I, I got a, a nice kill on a big streamer. I'm not going to say the name. And I was actually looking to post it out there and just get it out there. And, and I kind of thought about it. I was like, you know what? I'm going to tone it down a notch. I'm going to just kind of like let it slide and not even do that because I don't want to come across as, you know, that kind of person. That's really what it really stands for. Alex, I'm not Alex with two X's. The reason why um, I put two X's is uh, if you actually really say the extra X, it's it's like it sounds like an is, I-S. So it's not, it really, if you say it quick, it's like Alex is OP. Oh, I couldn't get Alex. I couldn't get uh, with one X. And I was like, you know what? Let's do it. And I think it stands out because it's, it's, you know, there's other Alexes out there, you know, whether it's a female Alex, a male Alex, you know, sometimes Alexes are universal. I wanted to make sure it's a, it's like a, like a stronger Alex, like a firm Alex. And then with the OP, um, that's really what the uh, OP nation is about. We're overly positive people. We're a nation of people that believe in positivity, want to help each other, love to play with each other. Good custom games where like everybody gets to know people there as well. And that's where I also meet streamers because there's people that ask me to play. And I'm afraid that I'll say yes to the wrong person. So I always like to get to know people there. And that's the best best way to do it. Um, but yes, that is the, the OP in my name. I hope that answered your question because a lot of people assume that it just means overpowered. Nobody's overpowered. Yeah. Only, the only person that's overpowered is, is the God above us and, and the creator. But um, yeah, that's what the OP stands for.
I guess I want to jump in here, and I know we're supposed to be asking you questions, but one of the things that really impressed me was when we started talking about doing the tournament and doing the co-casting. You got my cell phone number. You reached out. You started texting me. And then even beyond that, there's just an intentionality behind you reaching out and being like, hey, man, thinking about you, you rock. Like just those little messages. Like it's hard for me to express in words how authentic you are through that whole process and even after that. I just want to say thanks again for inviting me to do that. It was awesome. Absolutely, man. I, it was a pleasure to have you. I, at first, I will admit, I was like, uh, no experience. How, what if we fail? But you, I just, you blew me away. And I wasn't doubting you. I was just, I was scared because I normally do it by myself. So I was scared of myself getting tongue twisted or, you know, fighting over your words or vice versa. So when we did it, it was, it was beautiful. It was flawless. And yeah, after my computer came back up after it crashed. <laughs> oh, that's right. I didn't, I didn't even remember that. See, you just brought back a negative. I don't remember that. I remember only the positive. That was, that was, it was just such a, that was one of my best tournaments. And I'm not just saying that because you were part of, I truly mean it. Like we had the biggest players. We had ghost players. We had people show up to the chat, like um, that, you know, big names. We had so many viewers and I still had so many people spamming the winner, winner, uh, emo too, which is amazing too. And I'm <laughs> sure that made, you know, hella proud. So I was really, really, uh, happy, but as far as the person I am, um, I'm too nice. I'm too caring. And I genuinely care about people because I want people uh, to succeed. All right. So before we get into PUBG and all the tournaments and all the streaming that you do today, tell me about your your upbringing with gaming. You know, from Sega on. You know, what did you do when you were in high school and you know before the battle royale scene kind of took over and Twitch kind of took over everyone's lives here. Gaming has always been part of my life. I would say the most part of my life. I was truly addicted to video games, and my family and even my wife will admit I am addicted to video games, but in a healthy good way because there's this you know certain levels let's be honest right when it came to gaming i always was playing consoles because that's all you know that my parents could afford and i started with the sega genesis when i came to the u.s playing sonic my father actually got into it too so he would purchase it for both of us he bought the sony playstation and we couldn't stop playing the racing game called gran turismo and then he introduced yeah. me to one of my favorite games of all time Oh my goodness, I hope you guys played it. Metal Gear Solid. Oh yeah, definitely. Big Metal Gear fan. Yeah. And that was actually just like life for me. And then my dad actually introduced me to a Nintendo 64. And this is where the shooter came out of me. Besides Metal Gear Solid, which was a shooter, but it was more like a story game, you know? I didn't really get that like back-to-back -back fun like I did with my Nintendo 64 when my father introduced me. And I, I actually cried it was actually a, like a clothing store and somehow they had this game in this little section. I'm like, I thought, you know, the video games were only at Toys R Us or whatever at the time, but it was actually a clothing store and I cried. I was a little kid and he literally, he bought me uh, GoldenEye 007, which, oh, yes. Yes. Was yes. like Goldeneye. which to me yeah. is like the, like the start of me becoming such a big shooter um, fan when it came uh, came to video games. Have you tried to play GoldenEye recently on a 64? Like in the last two years? I would pay years? to play that game right now. And I bet it's so much fun. No, it's impossible. No, but isn't there a GoldenEye source? I don't know. Isn't it on the source engine? I have no idea. Please show me. I would love to see this. Oh my gosh, that would be so fun to do. Like 
the winner winner podcast hosts Alex OP Goldeneye Yikes. Source Tournament. I think there's a Source Engine Goldeneye. I would totally do it. So speaking of Source, I'll get into that. Goldeneye BR, dude, let's go. <laughs> and then here comes my first PC purchase that my dad made for me. And it was supposed to be for school. And I'm doing quote on quotes here. I actually installed uh, a game called Rainbow Six uh, Red Storm Entertainment, which is technically their first game ever. And it was a third person shooter. But when you shot, sometimes it did go into first person, just kind of like PUBG and, and, you know, when it was TPP only. And it was so much fun. And that was actually my first time being introduced to online gaming. While all my friends had consoles that didn't do online gaming at the time, I was on dial up. What was it? 33.6K uh, kilobyte per second. Not even kilobyte. Yeah, kilobyte per second. Uh, download speeds using the free. I kid you not, guys. I was using free demo AOL floppy disk yes. trials. Okay, they were trials. And I somehow managed to get like five trials in a matter of a year for free. And Did they used to come with a magazine? Like a PC magazine? Got them in everything. Yeah, that too. But I, yeah. I, I would personally get them in the mailbox. And it, and I would just be like, hmm, I would do it. And it, and I did have to kind of um, behind the scenes use my mom's checking account number without her knowing. Thank, thankfully, she never got charged because there were free trials. And I remembered to call and cancel because that's how it worked. But I was playing those games. And then my family, of course, they, they purchased an internet source at the time. It was the first cable internet what was at the time was only like a 10 megabit per second speed um when it first came out i was gaming i was so gaming i was almost at a competitive level doing that and then i was introduced to one of my other favorite story games of all time which will lead into source half-life one and half-life two just in, in order i got to play them both at the same time because when i played half-life two i'm sorry half-life one half-life two already came out so i actually played it in order i went for half-life one and then when i finished that i played half-life two when half-life two was out they actually introduced a game which was called counter-strike which was only just like a a, a development by some party that was third party and it wasn't official and I was playing it, it was 1.6 and, or let me tell you, that's when I just completely went into the love of games. And that, when I got that game, I had to beg my father to switch me from a rolling, uh, uh what to call them, what's the the trackball to a, the, my first laser mouse. Oh my gosh, you game with a <laughs> trackball? Dude, of course. At the time it was, there was really nothing available that was like affordable that was laser. So uh, my first mouse was actually a Microsoft laser mouse. It was like the... Best one that I saw at the time until I, you know, of course I upgraded to, one, I think one of the most legendary mice of all time, which was the uh, Logitech G503 or 509. Um, at the time it was just the, the, or nine, I forget the number and I apologize, but it was one of the. Was it the 518? Yes. Thank you. The MX518? Yes. You just. Dude, you were always talking about that trigger. Dude, are you me? Like, can, can we just back up for a second? Yeah. Because I started on the Sega with Sonic. Yep. And then. Same. Metal Gear Solid, I've actually never played a minute of. Wow. But I've watched one of my friends through like middle school. I'm 33 too. Like I'm pretty sure Alex is like the New York version of me is what I just learned today. But I've watched Metal Gear Solid played through like a hundred times on PlayStation. And then I got the N64 and it was Mario Kart, Cruising USA, and Goldeneye. Nice, dude. And then it was, dude, Team Fortress Classic and Counter-Strike 1.6 like were my life. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> guys. So I actually wasn't allowed to own Goldeneye. Oh no! I because I'm I'm a little younger. Oh, wow. I wasn't allowed to play it because yeah. I thought it was violent. So I had all the other Nintendo games, but I had to go over friends' houses to play Goldeneye. But I have such good memories because it was like 
don't tell mom, but I'm playing Goldeneye, and this is awesome. So my parents didn't know the difference between good and bad like video games. Uh, and that's honestly one of the reasons why I was able to own this game. But you got to try Metal Gear Solid. Like, I truly mean it when I tell you the stories and the gameplay. Just, it was so iconic. It's, it's a game I'll never forget. It's, that's how I feel about it to this day. That sound, that alert sound in that game, that still triggers me. You know, we got to insert I actually have show. it in my soundboard. Oh, go on. Yeah. Oh, you see soundboard hooked up? It's not. You won't hear if I press it. Um, but it, it, it does this. It goes, gee. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it totally shocks me to my core now. Still, I had it on my phone for a while as my alarm in the morning. I couldn't do it. It, it wrecked my whole day. Wacky Jackie, uh, he used it today on his uh, new video for some of the crazy uh, features he, he posted for that uh, new test server. So you mentioned that you got into like almost being competitive with the computer. So was that in Counter-Strike? Were you playing in the Cal Leagues? Or tell us about your like early competitive experience or almost competitive experience. Uh, so my earliest competitive experiences, I would say, has always been on the PC. While all my friends would play on console and then it transitioned into the Xbox Online, Xbox Live. And the most popular shooting game at the time was Halo. Um, Halo is an incredible game. I, I personally loved Halo for the sniping ability, the sniping gun mechanics. I just thought it was incredible. I was always a big fan of sniping and headshotting. I just felt that it was so rewarding. That one shot, headshot, and the way he just expressed the, the scream, headshot, it just made me more inclined on just sniping and doing those big maps. But I loved every other gun and every gameplay of it. I will say this. Halo is the only game that I consider... Uh, fun in a sci-fi world. I'm not a fan of unrealistic games, the kind of games that fly up and down, the games that where you like you can jump off from a roof and land and you don't take any damage. I like more realistic shooters and that's why I was always big into the Counter-Strike. I was always big more onto like the Rainbow Six's Rogue Spear. Um, was the second edition of Red Storm Entertainment that came out for Rainbow Six, that's the name. Um, and then they came out with even other games, you know, Vegas 2, Vegas 1, um, they were this, those games were incredible. So I was always playing first-person shooters, and and I'm surprisingly I didn't transition into Siege. I don't know what stopped me. Siege is an incredible game. I've half played it, but because I've put so much time into PUBG, I fell in love with PUBG when it first came out in alpha. I had to beg my friends to get PC games because they came over my house and played it and couldn't believe how fun it was. I pretty much made them buy a new computer just so they can play with me and one of them is actually my best friend is actually one of the main reasons why i started streaming so you mentioned that your dad played games with you and you were kind of joking about how he bought it for you for school with you know air quotes do you remember when you like took over in skill ahead of him like was he better than you at games for a time when you were a kid or was there like a game where it like transitioned where you you started beating him all right so when it came to beating my father i would say the only time i beat my father was in racing games he never actually played shooting games on console he was for some crazy reason just in love with shooting games on pc so i never got to actually compete with him or like oh i have a better score than you because we were never actually there was no option for that unless we had two pcs and we connected via lan or something I wasn't playing the games that he was playing. He was actually playing these games that I thought were fun. I'll give you the names. The na I gave you the name. The first name was Battlefield 2, and you probably know the other games, which were incredible games, but I wasn't really big on them. The first one was Quake 2, Quake 3, and then the other one was Unreal Tournament. Those games were fun. Don't get me wrong, but they didn't, like, 
empowerment they didn't take over me and they didn't make me want to just pursue and just like say oh my god this is the best game i was really just hooked on the rainbow six games and the counter-strike game that was really all that pushed me to like being just like addicted essentially to shooters and especially on pc and I love that story because there's so many people that have really unique backgrounds and paths that got them into PUBG, but PUBG's come a long way. And you mentioned that you play PUBG in alpha. You played it all the way back then, back when it was third person only. What is it about this game that has kept you around? You alluded to the realistic and you're not big into the sci-fi stuff, but why are you still playing this game? What is it that keeps you going? It's just incredible to know that you can land anywhere potentially land with the best loot land with the worst loot and make it into the best loot because you're going to be more strategic on your approach um, but I really pro I personally believe PUBG is the only game that has ever gave me a drive to want to win and be more successful and to learn to be a better player every day and I still believe today even after four or five thousand hours I forget the last time I checked it was like 4600 hours even those hours I still believe that this is the only game that will give me the cold sweats in the top 10 situation which will make me feel like my shots are getting better the more and more I play the more I practice do you remember your first chicken dinner yes I do and break it down yeah, everyone leans in. It wasn't a duo. It wasn't a. It wasn't a squad. It was a solo. Because remember, um, at the time, I honestly was only playing by myself, and I didn't really. I feel like every time I played with someone, they never had a mic, and I forget the reason why some people just didn't talk either, or people would just kill you and all that stuff, and I just didn't like it unless I played with friends. So I was never into duos or squads. I would all, I was always, and I still am to this day, 90% of my games on my stream are solos. I love solos because I can engage with my stream and I can focus at the same time. I have this really weird way of, of just processing everything at the same time. But solo uh, chicken dinner, it was probably a month after I got the game. And I'm not proud to say this, but I had to snake it. I am, I, I am not a snaker at all. I, I find it a little embarrassing to snake unless you're in a professional, you know, tournament and you're, you know, it's, it, there's money on the line. Okay, sure. But I had to snake it and um, I, I will never forget this because I, I still make fun of this because I call my friend. I, I got a chicken dinner. I took a picture of it. I texted him and um, I told him that. Literally, the guy walked over me. I was in the round bush and he didn't see me. So <laughs> I literally just shot his foot in, in one. And that was my first chicken dinner. And I probably only had like three or four kills. And to me, that was like I was the man. I was like, I got off my chair. I was sweating like crazy. I never sweat in video games. I never, I don't sweat in general. I could be out in the sun and I swear I don't sweat. But when I play this game, I get the sweats to this day even now in a top 10 or especially a top three situation um never mind the 1v4 in a squad game oh my goodness forget it but you know what that's what makes you a better player every day because you learn from your mistakes you learn to be a better player and i truly think that the more you die the uh, the better you be you get i died a lot i was awful i can't believe i'm at the stage i'm at now in terms of shot accuracy, sprays, headshots with snipers. And it really, I think, losing. Because if it wasn't for my losses, I wouldn't be where I'm at today. And that's why I love PUBG. On our last episode, we actually had a pretty healthy 
like hour long debate on how you know if you're good at PUBG and you just brought up a bunch of different stats and things that you're tracking. What are you looking at right now to measure yourself as getting better? Is it a feeling that you're after? Are you actually looking at stats? Like what are the things you're looking for to get better at this game? I agree um, that a lot of people, you know, they kind of judge others by their stats. And I don't think that's truly what makes them a better player. I think stats um, are hit and miss. There's people that have stats that are incredible and they, it's like they never um, back out for their friends or they only play with people that they know are good and they don't play with randoms like we do in the streaming world where we play with people we've never played with, whether they're streamers or somebody completely new that we're willing to give them a chance to play with because we want to open the doors for them. I would say my like ADR is like in the 300s for my solos and my duos, which isn't great. Um, maybe it is. I actually don't even know, to be completely honest. I, I, I'm going to just say it's not good. But because I've seen some big people in tournaments, when you click their names in, in the list, you can actually see their ADR and they're like in the five or six hundreds. And that's like, oh, damn, these guys must be good. But here's the deal. I always judge myself as a good player and how i improve is by the speed of accuracy so i don't know if there's a better word for this but the time that it takes for my arm to click that person's face and to be that accurate and not miss the shot whether it's a spray or whether it's the face a lot of people think it's easier to just aim to the body um it is it truly is but you're actually doing yourself you're not doing yourself a favor because we both know, we all know that shooting the face is going to kill someone much quicker. Um, and it's just a good habit to always aim for the face first. I think that training myself every day in the training mode, I'm addicted to the training mode. I'll play off stream. I live in the training mode. If you see a guy with the Reaper mask, the red outfit and the D-Rich shirt in the red shoes, that's me. I guarantee it. Practicing by the, shot, uh, the targets that go red and green, shooting my sprays practicing my flick shots, and then I'll also shoot other people. Um, and it gets sad when people try to run you over and push you away and throw Molotovs at you because you can't do anything. There's a training ground meta. Yes, there's a training ground meta that will, it could trigger you tr tremendously if you're trying to just legitimately practice. It's pretty much the trolling ground, you know what I mean? Like people just are doing dumb stuff all day, doing backflips. It, it, it really is. And of course, we they, there's those trolls that come up to you and shoot you with a crossbow and you know what happens when you're in first person with the crossbow it still happens today are they staying for 20 minutes trigger i think that question kind of can go on because it, it, there's so many other ways to describe but the way i track my my performance is my uh sensitivity i always kind of want to make sure that i know how to react physically with any situation that comes to me and I don't think ADR tracking is something that I personally do. Maybe I should. Maybe that, that, that if that's a suggestion, I would love to um, maybe consider that. But I, I really don't play for stats. So the reason I brought it up is because we the reason we spent an hour talking about it was it's an extremely subjective topic. You know, how how do you know if you're good at this game? Well, there's not exactly a ranking system out there by PUBG Corp right now. So there's not, we don't know exactly what to track. One of the things that you mentioned was the training ground. And I'm always fascinated by the training ground and people who spend time there. Now, I'll say this, when I watch you, you are 
exceptional when it comes to spraying, specifically with the 4X and the 6X. Like if you haven't seen Alex's channel and you're looking to figure out how to spray at longer ranges, this dude's insane. But can you walk us through what you do in the training ground? How long do you spend in there? Are there specific exercises that you run yourself through? I mean, you mentioned the high level stuff, but is there something that you're trying to accomplish in there before you go play? Absolutely. We all warm up, right? We got to stretch our bodies before we go work out. People that are in the professional fields of basketball, soccer, football, you know, everybody has to warm up and practice their shots. It really is the same thing for me in PUBG. Um, before I start my stream, if I have the time to, I love going to the training mode. I love actually, instead of playing, sometimes I'm addicted to the training mode because I noticed that my spray control, it gets better and better every month. It truly does. Right now, I'm almost at the cusp of being perfect, of being able to control my spray with the four and the six on someone's face or in a certain little small area without it, without the cursor bouncing, I'm sorry, the reticle bouncing and getting out of that position. That is an extremely hard thing to do because you gotta, you gotta understand the way the recall sometimes bounces. It's always sporadic, but there is times and most of the time it does that similar bounce or that similar wobble. I prefer personally the, the right now, the vertical, my second would be the half grip, the vertical grip. And then of course the half grip are my, my two favorite. Number one is the vert grip because it, of course it's great for tapping, but it's definitely good for controlling the recall, uh, the vertical recall, of course, horizontal recall is, I, I would say is easy. Um, but if you really hate horizontal recall, I would say then use the angled. Um, but you do have to pull down even more. So it's just really, you gotta be consistent. It's all about consistency. And that is why I practice in the training mode. I strictly use the vert and I pray that I always find the vert, which is, you know, around the map, obviously you'll mostly find the vert grip. I feel like it's the most common one nowadays, um, versus like finding a thumb grip or something. I feel like it's the most common grip to find. So I'll always use the vert and I always practice. And what I do, this is the way to get better. I'll always shoot those targets. The ones that, you know, flip to red and green, the, the round circles. Are you guys familiar with those? Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. And it's the shooting range where you can shoot those targets that flip over from range of five to set, you know, 800 meters. I don't focus on those. I focus on the green targets. They flip off all the time. And what I do is I back up further and further and further and I line them up. So it's, I can spray from the top to the bottom. That's what I do with the three X, the four and the six. And then when I'm done. I practice my flick shots. And by that, I mean, I'm just legitimately doing crazy flick shots with my 6X sniper, bolt sniper. And that is what I do when it comes to that. Yeah, that's an amazing tip, Alex. Uh, kind of a two-part question here. One, what is your favorite weapon setup combination? And secondly, what would you say to people who have never used training ground and are not using it? So right now, my favorite combination, without a doubt, in, um, has always been the N4. Uh, I know a lot of people are transitioning into barrel or some other different guns. Uh, and we're not talking crate guns. I am a fan of the crate guns. I will always grab, I don't care what weapons. A lot of people don't pick up the Graza and I think it's an amazing gun, but my favorite all around gun, without a doubt, fully loaded with a vert grip and all the other attachments is the M4. When it comes to my sniper, um, I've, I've always been that bolt action 
Uh, I actually prefer the Car 98 over the um, M24 because the Car 98, I feel as though I'm just so used to the lead. I was playing with uh, with the Car 98 when there was no such thing as an M24. When the M24 came out, it was a crate weapon only object. You know, a weapon, I'm sorry. Uh, I still prefer the Car 98, but I am going to admit I am gradually becoming more of a slur fan. I am actually trying to figure out a technique that I have seen people do. I hope they're not using macros, but I, I am trying to figure out a technique. That I am, I would say 75% there where I can literally auto spray from 100 to 200 meters with a slur with accuracy. That is what I'm practicing wow, in a, training mode. That's a skill. This is the trick with the slur. You shoot them in the face, and then as long as you body them the second shot, it's over. But if you don't, and you shoot them in the body three times, depending on the, the armor, they're dead. And the way this slur shoots, I think it shoots faster than an M4. It's that fast. So um, that is my favorite loadout. And to tell anyone out there who doesn't ever use training mode, please, Go out there. You're probably like, what the heck is a training mode? I don't need no training mode. I'm too good for this. Or I don't even know what to do. There's a section where you can literally grab all your attachments, all your sights. And of course, don't forget to grab the level three backpack. Why would you get the level one, right? Grab the level three backpack first out of everything and then grab all the attachments. Then I go in order. I grab all the attachments. I grab the guns. And then I add the attachments to the guns. I add the sights to the guns. And then I go to the section that has ammo that is unlimited ammo, which allows you to go back to and get more ammo when you run out of ammo. So without a doubt, that's my, that's my steps. You, you don't, you don't want to go in the training mode to practice how to drive a vehicle. You might want to go there to practice how to drive a bike. If you don't know how to drive a bike really good by now, please go to the training mode the bike is the most amazing vehicle in the game especially when it comes to grabbing a crate weapon or when it comes to just getting away from somewhere because of the speed of the bike but without a doubt training mode is a necessity for me i, I would love to know if other big streamers uh, or other pro players utilize it as well in my opinion it's an absolute necessity because it really just keeps you focused on the you know, the, the shots, the accuracy that you need to improve on. And, and if people are wondering, but you're not shooting actual people. Well, guess what? There's people running around all over the place acting a fool or there's people that are standing still. Sometimes I'll literally use that guy as a puppet so I can keep backing up and practicing my flick shots with my sniper, practicing my slur auto sprays um, or practicing my 4X, 6X, 3X, AR, M4 auto sprays. That's the kind of stuff you can do without dying. I think the same people that don't pick up the grows are, are the same people that don't use training mode because there's no excuse. Like if you go to training mode, you can learn how to use that gun. It doesn't have to be a foreign gun. Yeah, I don't get that. Can we get into that? Because I would love to. What, sure. Why do people feel as though the grows is a, a, like a really poopy weapon? It never was. It never, and I don't think they uh, nerfed it. I think it's still OP. I think it's still a, a very very fast DPS in 762, that, that's a must have. Why would anyone not want to pick up the crosser? I've heard people say, because they can't hang on to it, but they got to they practice. Yeah. It doesn't take the uh, compensator and it doesn't take a grip. It has a grip already. Yeah, but it doesn't actually have one like, you know, that you can attach to it. So people think that there's nothing on it and it kicks a little bit or a lot of bit. But, you know, you can only put that suppressor on there. You can't put your vertical grip. Some people think that that's it. It's stuck. They're not, you know, and it's kicking too much. So 
I think that's the reason. People just think that it's too hard for them to accurately control. You know, like Ethan was just saying, there's no reason you can't just go in, pick that gun up or any other crate gun, and just practice it. Get used to it. It kicks like a mule. It's got one of the best DPS in the game. I think I challenge anyone to go into training mode and, and use it. When I use that gun, I, it's it's so easy. It's extremely easy. I actually think an M4 is harder to control than the Grossa. And I'll tell you why. Because it shoots so fast. When it's kicking that recoil, it's actually easier to maintain it by pulling down because it's just you're gonna your clips is gonna be done in a matter of like three four seconds versus an m4 mm. it's kicking so much but in a slower rate throughout that process you're bouncing in so many different ways i really truly think the graza is extremely easy sometimes even the m249 i challenge anyone to go to the training mode and see for yourself because it really it must be just your mind saying fooling you or making you think you're not going to be able to control it. And then you just convince yourself. And when you do, you're, you're, you're prepping yourself for failure. You're not thinking with the right state of mind. It really isn't hard to control. I personally think the barrel for some crazy reason is hard to control because it just kicks so hard. But when you really practice, you, you honestly can master any gun. I just fit. I've just finished mastering the barrel. Um, was it two months ago? When did the Chaco uh, skin come out for the barrel? Yeah. Two months ago. Yeah, when that came out, I was like, you know what? Let me start rocking this more since I got the Chaco. You know, I wanted to support Chaco. Finally, uh, the legend Chaco gets some skins. So I had to, you know, do that because he should have had skins a long time ago. So I was like, you know what? Let me start rocking this uh, barrel. And holy moly, does that thing kick. But I finally mastered it. It really needs a nerf with that that recoil. But I guess it's because it's so powerful. It is an extremely powerful weapon if you use it right. Um, but yeah, that is, that is the story behind the weapons and psh, I, I truly think training mode will make any player, even extreme players, a better player, as long as you really put time into it. I, so I am not a training mode player, but I like to seek out people that have opposite strategies or ways to practice or ways to get better. I've spent maybe 40 minutes max in the training mode total and I do like the Groza, so I'm not the crazy person who doesn't like the Groza and doesn't do training mode. But I, I love the way that you break it down because just you talking about it the way you talk about it makes me excited to go try it. And I'll probably try it for 10 minutes and jump right back out. But seeing how people do it and knowing what they're trying to accomplish in there, I think can give somebody who listens to this who's trying to figure out how to use the training mode some options to do so thank you nice. for breaking that down in such detail because again it's just not something i do but i know there's a lot of people that benefit from it so i think it's great uh we kind of got into PUBG there but let's move into your tournaments how did you get started on tournaments you haven't been doing it that long but what made you decide to start running custom games and then ultimately start your own tournament scene so when custom games first became a you know a thing for PUBG, anyone because i remember when i was invited to my first custom game it was hosted by a PUBG partner that person invited me and asked me to bring my community my community had a blast and they wanted to do it more but because they didn't do these customs every day it made me sad and i had a blast because i was finally getting to play with my community the people that watch me, the people that are there supporting me or, you know, watching me grow or 
also giving me advice, you know, helping me be a better player or even a person. It's all the above, right? It just, I feel that, that love, that, that like energy that you're not playing with someone you don't know, could potentially be a cheater, who could potentially be a, a, a really like snaky person in the grass or boring player who holds a, a compound for the entirety of the circle and then shoots you as soon as you open the door. No, we're just, everyone's out to have fun. And at the end of the game, we all talk smack or we all, you know, congratulate <laughs> each other. Um, and that blew up for me because when they first, uh, in a good way, when they first introduced custom games to the community where anyone could use it, I just couldn't believe it. I was like, holy moly, this is awesome. So I, it took me some time to figure out the settings to, um, you know, have the max loot. Cause you know, let's be honest, if PUBG had a max loot, that's, that's heaven, right? So I mastered the max loot settings. I mastered the no red zone settings and I mastered, of course, well, that's easy. You just turn it off, but you must, I also mastered the quick circle settings. So that way games would be much quicker. So they don't take forever. Um, and then one day it just came up, it came up where I wanted to do a, a, a tournament where it was, it was actually my first tournament. It was all solos only and whoever won would get a $25 gift card to Amazon or to uh, steam. And I remember doing a warm up for the first round and I would play the warm up, but then on the second official round, I wouldn't play, I would cast it. So it was all new to me. And it was so much fun. I loved it. People thought it was so much fun. They're like, oh, we got to do that again. Um, but instead, we just kept playing customs. And they're like, oh, that tournament was awesome. We should do it again. Within one time, um, I did it. And with the earnings that I made from my subscriptions, I took that money. And instead of, you know, pocketing that money, I, I used it to give back to the community, which I've been I've done from the beginning of my streams. Uh, just so you know, on my first 100 subs, which I reached in the third month of streaming, uh, when I reached 100 subs, I gave away a $500 Xbox One X. And one of nice. one of my lucky subscribers from the Netherlands won, and I'm like, holy moly, I gotta send this thing to the Netherlands. Whoops on the shipping. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so what I ended up doing was I returned it and got my full money back, and then I I um I PayPal'd him the money, and he, he, he was a legit guy. He actually became a mod. That's how good of a guy he was. Um, cool. he, uh, I ended up, uh, PayPaling him and he proved to me that he bought it and he had a projector and everything. And he, sh he showed me the purchase and the receipt and he was very happy. And to this day, he's one of the, actually one of my biggest supporters, uh, on my stream. And I've always gave back to the community. So I thought, what not, not a better way to give back to the community if I'm a PUBG streamer by, by just doing tournaments and, and giving back to them. So it started where you just give money for each round, but then it became a thing where people wanted to host me. Um, and that's how I met some big people that helped me, like uh, Potent Gaming, uh, Track to Kill. His name is Cody. He ha he's helped me for five to six, uh, I think seven um, tournaments uh, in a row. And and that was amazing. And uh, I've also in, uh, met TK Straybullet, who's helped, helped me for two uh, uh, tournaments in a row. And thanks to them, they made it possible where we were able to not only give the winners of each tournament money, cash money, but also we were able to give them prizes uh, for subscribers in a raffle as well at the end of the stream. So I like tournaments. I've always liked watching tournaments. I've always thought I'd be a great caster because um, I'm, you know, I have full of energy. Um, I get, you know, I like to have fun and I'm always excited. And I, I thought I, uh, 
my first one, I thought I did okay. But then on the second one, I started really getting the rhythm. And then more and more, I just, I just fell in love with hosting tournaments. And I hope people know me as also a good player, not just a host or, you know, a tournament, uh, you know, caster. But that is, uh, that is how I was introduced uh, to the tournament scene. Yeah, so Alex, um, I've, I've watched the last two and they were both a blast. You know, I was in a hotel room watching the last one uh, with Trigger and it was really good time. There was a ton You're of people. You in the hotel room with Trigger? No, no, no. Watching the tournament that he did with Trigger. Oh, yeah. I just pictured you both with popcorn on your bed, <laughs> big fluffy bed, nice hotel. Let's make a weekend of Let's it. Let's make that happen. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I'm watching that and it was there was so much energy going on in both tournaments. And, you know, the giveaways were awesome. You're giving away monitors the one time. The prizes for the last one were great as well. The energy was awesome in chat. Do you have a moment from any of the tournaments that you've casted that, like, really, like, is memorable for you? One of your craziest things you remember happening? Just something that sticks out to you. Uh, so the biggest thing that honestly ever happened to me um, was the first tournament that you saw. So it was my, not the most recent, but the one before. And it was actually hosted on my actual birthday. So on my birthday, on a Friday night, Instead of going out, you know, celebrating and stuff like that, I put that time uh, to my community and I put that time for this tournament and I hosted this tournament. You know, I had a blast because everyone had fun and everybody was happy that I, I did that um, and that I continued to do my tournaments, even on my actual birthday. But what really got me was after the tournament, it was just, let me tell you, man, um, I get emotional because I went through a really tough pass. I went through a really hard pass, really kind of scary past it's it's kind of crazy that i'm i'm where i am today my wife actually got involved too where she came out with a birthday cake and she blew mm -hmm. it with with my puppy who is a little pekingese asian dog. i remember seeing that on and there she, yeah. and they were both wearing their you know birthday hats including my dog and then that's when it just took took it just blew up people were dropping subscriptions after another people were gifting subscriptions after another and we're not talking like one or two honestly i can honestly tell you because I, I still to this day i can't believe that happened it I, it had to be more than 200 subscriptions in a matter of an hour or two it was insane it really was crazy to watch it was it, it was so insane that you saw it uh there's a clip that i posted um where i just broke down i just couldn't believe it because normally I'm the one that does that for other streamers on their streams. I'm the one who's always there and always gives back to the community and doesn't ask for anything in return. I'm not trying to, you know, I don't put up a sign that says, hey, help me get to a thousand subscriptions and I'll do this. No, I do stuff because I want to do it because I love giving back because you know why I believe in the power of love and positivity. It truly, really, really exists. It does if you give back to the world a good thing, you're going to get a good thing in return. And my mom always taught me this, like an old Latino saying that in Spanish, it's it's different in English, it sounds different, but it's basically from Spanish to English is if you do a good deed, God is going to do a good deed three times better for you in return. It sounds so more complicated in English. It just sounds, it's, it's weird. Can you say it in Spanish for us? For anyone that's uh, in Spanish, I, if you'd like, I can say it. Um, and I'll be honest, yeah, yeah. I because I'm put on the spot, I'm, I don't speak that much Spanish. I don't speak any Spanish. <laughs> when I came to the U.S., I was honestly raised as English-speaking American because of all the family that actually lived here from my father's side that was already here. That's why my father came to the U.S. first. 
I just honestly grew up speaking English, but I do know Spanish and I understand it more than I speak it. But that's really the saying. It's like, si usted bendiga a alguien, Dios te va a bendigar tres veces más. That's basically what it is in Spanish and what I said in English. And that is what a lot of people look at as a good karma or the universe blessing you in return. Um, some people call me crazy. Some people laugh and just, you know, <laughs> and then pretend like I never said that. I promise you that if you really change your state of mind and you really truly believe in that, your life will change for the better. Um, if you're struggling right now, financially, health-wise, whatever it is, you have the power to change that in so many ways because there's, there's so many people out there that can say, hey, I came from nothing and now look where I'm at. And it, you don't do that overnight. You have to you know, be determined. You have to work for it. And that's why I like giving back. And I can't believe people gave back to me that day. It just blew me away. Yeah, and it was the uh, excitement was like really infectious that night. I mean, I just both nights really. I remember just sitting there after the tournament, watching all these people just spamming OP in the chat. People were just going for nuts, like and an I hour. was for like half an hour. I thought my face was going to get stuck at a smile. You know, it was really you know it was infectious, and it was so much fun to watch. And I you know I knew I was going to come back to the next one anyway. And then you know the fact that you brought in Trigger, which just made it even more fun and. Thank you know, you. so I I know that your community loves it. And I know that every time more people get exposed to it, they just can't wait to either watch or play or, you know, do both. You know, as a player, you would know that after the tournament, you know, you're going to be good. And actually, wait, Trigger, we played in one round or two, didn't we? Yeah, we did. But Trigger, you <laughs> you hit me up at 8.58. The tournament started at 9. You were like, you want to get into a tournament? <laughs> hey, you want to play? <laughs> and we did, but it was just, it was really fun. And um, I think I actually met uh, Erica America and uh, VP um, that night in person in the game. <laughs> and, then and you killed them? It started with their tournaments. Yeah, we did. I felt horrible. And then they said, don't feel horrible. It's a tournament. And I never looked back. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, so this is a great transition time, guys. I mean, we're we're kind of at the end here, but we just kind of introed your community. We introed what you do. So what we like to do at the end here is open the floor for you to do a couple things. I want you to tell everybody whether they're they've never heard of you before, whether they maybe they've seen your name or maybe they're in your community. I just I want you to tell people what they can expect when they can come find you. I want you to tell them where they can find you and tell them about any events that are coming up and how really how they can get in touch with you, how they can find you. The floor is yours, my friend. Awesome. Thank you so much. First of all, I want to honestly say you guys are doing such an incredible job. I know I just recently met you maybe five months ago, but I'm a big fan of your podcast. You guys have such an incredible way of explaining things and just making it so much fun to listen to while I'm driving or I'm kicking back. After I get off my stream, I'd love to just like lay down, put my headphones on and just like either watch someone on Twitch, you know, because I'm always supporting someone, you know, friends. But I, I truly enjoy what you guys do in your podcast. And I, I'm 100% sure you guys are going to not only be the it podcast for PUBG. It's, it goes amazing and it will. You're going to be the actual PUBG podcast for PUBG. And that's where I see you guys going. But when it comes to me, um, I would love anybody to stop by. Anybody, come check me out. I love PUBG. I truly do. Actually, my last title was PUBG, the, uh, the Pac-Man to the left saying other fps games meaning it's the best game that uh, versus any other first person game it truly is and i love 
what I do for my community and I will and I have some really cool plans that I'm just gonna throw out one teaser. I have plans of giving away a three-day pass to TwitchCon to one lucky subscriber. Um, this is the type of stuff that I don't have to do, but I do because I love giving back to my community. Time is everything. And I love hang on, Alex. What if they're in Norway? It they can fly well, they to the get United their States. <laughs> You're not going to fly them yeah. You pay for their postage. Yeah, and I would hope that they usually they absolutely use it. Because if not, that's just a waste of trying to win the ticket, right? But uh, sure. without a yeah. doubt, um, I love giving back to the community, and I love having fun playing PUBG. You mostly catch me playing solos because I love engaging with my community. There's a lot of streamers that get too serious with the game, and there's nothing wrong with that. Let's be honest. Sometimes it's it's good to watch someone who is strictly focused on maintaining a skill set in the game, and sometimes they they tend to not you know communicate with their chat as much, or they'll only communicate after. I have a really good way of communicating. The way I have my stream set up, where I can keep an eye from my peripheral on my chat while I'm gaming. That's how easy it is for me to stay engaged with the game and the chat. And I love communicating with my chat. I love meeting new people, whether they're new or they're old. Ask me any question. I've been playing this game forever, but I I'm really good at the game. Um, I've I've dealt with the best. I've battled with the best and you know let's let's just say that we're, we're either even or i'm on top i'm not going to put any numbers out there because i don't want to be that kind of person but i will say that PUBG is my life right now besides my wife besides my my you know my career this is one of the things that i love to do and if you want to come check me out i stream monday through fridays um, because i spend time with family saturdays and sundays i'm a family guy I believe in my uh, spending time with family because time is everything. Time flies, and one day your family won't be there. When you get older, you know, your, your parents, your father, your mother. So you always got to be there for your folks. So that's why I spend time with my wife and my family on those days. Um, when I go live, it's at 8 p.m. New York City time, uh, which is 5 p.m. Uh, California time. Um, every Monday through Friday, I host really fun custom games on Thursdays and I do tend to play with anyone that wants to play with me as long as we get to know each other in a custom game night as long as you're a good person with a good mindset a positive mindset um, I'm willing to play with anyone because uh, I love meeting new people and yeah my stream is on Twitch uh, it's Alex with two X's underscore OP so that's A-L-E-X-X -X underscore OP on Twitch Awesome, man. Thank you so much. We really appreciate you taking the time to come on tonight. And we're going to take a short little break here and then get into the rest of the episode. We've got a few cool things to do. So you are more than welcome to hang out and join us on that. And if you, if you have to go at any time or you need to go now, just just say the word and, and get out of here. But I, before we get into any of that, and I'm sure the other guys have something to say too, but it's been a pleasure getting to know you over the past few months casting that tournament was amazing but just really appreciate you coming on the show man thank you so much again for having me guys you guys are awesome i'm so happy to that i got to meet you guys and one day we will meet in person i know twitchcon tickets came out i'm still uh 50 50 on that but if you are guys are going uh and i do end up going we'll love to meet you guys there or any other events in the future for sure yeah dude it's been really awesome having you on i uh i don't know if i'll be making it to twitchcon this year but you know, we're both on the East Coast, and we'll be running into each other one of these days. you got a great community. So, guys, seriously, go check him out. Go say what's up. You know, he's always there, always interacting. Thanks, man. Thanks for coming on. Oh, yeah, Alex. It was great to talk to you and meet you and, and get the skinny on when you're a kid. That really excites me, those sort of stories when you're talking about your Seeker and Goldeneye. It's just the juicy stuff. Thanks a lot, man.
Absolutely. Anytime, guys. Thank you so much. And I'm definitely down this. Uh, stick around. Let's do it. Sweet. Well, all right. Let's take five. It's uh, 10.45 my time, 11.45 on the East Coast, New York City time, as you like to say. Love that. <laughs> Don't stop You know why I say out. that? Like yeah, that. yeah, do not hit stop. Leave your recording. Yeah, no, I'm not. I'm going to go get a water. You know, I love saying that because honestly, the United States time is really based out of New York City. So like, I always love saying that like and obviously like one of the biggest times like in the world is like new york city so i always say that because you know the stock market and stuff like that we love it dude we talk about it behind the scenes i do that purposely i'm not trying to be like a troll i like literally no, do that purposely because it really is one of the biggest times in the world <laughs> yeah no we were joking though we were saying uh new york time over est <laughs> so Alex, do you use the in-game replay very often? Do you use PUBG Lookup? What are you using to kind of see your own play? Are you using uh, PUBG Report? Because that sometimes can show you exactly where that shot came from. So two things. Um, on stream, I love looking up the stream, uh, sorry, the replay, because it just shows me uh, what I missed, what I did wrong, or, you know, uh did, how did I get shot? Where did I get shot from? Sometimes you just get shot and you're like, what the heck? And it was because that one second that you're like, you know, when you're sniping someone and you're just waiting for them to peek. And then when you finally completely stand still because you go into the peak to get the shot, someone else was waiting for the exact same thing. <laughs> so you're just like, okay, where the heck did this guy come from? So you, you find out through the replay system. I, I don't really like the death cam. I like to actually see the replay system because it does give it gives you a world scenario of a 360 scenario of and you can just zoom in, zoom out, spin whatever you want to do, and it's incredible. It's such a powerful tool. Yeah. Oh gosh, yes, it is. Now here's my favorite thing to do off stream. I enjoy going in, and sometimes I'll go straight to the end. And I'll see who the top 10 people are. And I like to see the highlights of these people, especially if they're streamers. I'll see, you can press H for highlights and it'll actually show you all their kills throughout that whole match. That's a hot tip. I don't think people know about that. Do you guys know yeah, about it's, it? Yeah, it's really fun. It's so cool. Yeah. Yeah, and then they can do the same thing for you. And of course, don't get me wrong, I'm not going to toot my own horn, but I go, oh man, that was a good game. Let me see my ADR. I'd love to know how much ADR I did for the round. I'd love to know how much headshots I, I hit. There was one time I had like 1,400 ADR and I had only like nine kills, but it said out of the nine kills, I had seven headshots and one was like a hundred meter like headshot with my sniper. So that stuff like, oh man, let me watch that one. Let me hit the replay on that and i love seeing it from a third person view and i pray that one day i become an editing god because i i could i could literally make a movie of the stuff that i've done people don't know what the replay system is they need to know it, it you you can literally make a movie out of your highlights of your kills that's how cool they make it and they have all these like photoshop quality like palettes and what do you call those things like edits or filters Filters, thank you. Why can I not think today? So the filters are incredible. They have it so it's grainy. They have it so it looks cinematic. That is why I use the replay system because it gives you a different look on the bat of the battlefield that you don't normally see in first person. Use it. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I mean, I think everyone here is using it a little bit differently. Um, I I think all of those tools are really good. 
the the final point that I would put on it is if you're going to pick one tool to use, I think the play system is great, but I think you can gain the most information on your gameplay in the shortest amount of time by using the 2D replays that are available on the third-party sites because you can see where other players were, how the circles moved, and see how close you came to running into people. So if there's anything I recommended, it's use those 2D replays. They're amazing, and you can watch them in 10 times speed, so you can consume individual games very quickly. So Trig, it actually starts on 10 times, but you can get it all up to, I think, 36 times speed, so you can really see all the rotations happen pretty quickly oh wow and then slow it down like if you know that you're not going to get a kill between you know the first five ten minutes and then you know 20 minute mark you can get it to 36 and just see how fast the rotations look and then slow it right back down to 10 or even one time speed so you can you know then see how that rotation really started and like you know wait for that and you can see that you know the damage ticks on everyone's body yeah, I know PUBG lookup has the integration um a lot of people are using that integration now on their different sites so yeah, it's definitely fun. I think that's my favorite one, to be honest, is that 2D replay. Actually, it's I, I wouldn't have said that like a month ago, but it's become my favorite one for sure. It tells the story pretty well. Like, you know, you look at those chest and arms and headshots that you get through the API on PUBG Lookup, and then you hit the little 2D replay button, and you really see, you know, how long you held a spot and got, you know, half your kills from this one compound. People just kept showing up trying to third party. You know, it, it's it tells that story in a funny way because you can't actually see the shots and the kills, but you see the little blue circle turn, a little bit yeah. red, a little bit red, a little bit red, and then back up. You know, it's it's pretty funny. All right, so I think we covered the Patreon question pretty well. Uh, let's move on to this dev letter patch thirty. My goodness, it's loaded. Who wants to get started with the amphibious vehicle, the BRDM two? I heard Alex talking about this before the uh, show started, so let's let's let him kick it off, man. Yeah. So honestly, uh, this is gonna be what I will call, without a doubt, the troll vehicle. You can absolutely <sighs> troll people with this thing. Uh, oh, you want to cross the river? Sure. Get that vehicle. Get uh, get the BRD and drive right through that river. Run people over, and you won't have to worry about them shooting your tires off. The tires are in like what is it uh bulletproof now and the fact that you, it takes someone was saying 60 something bullets from an AKM to blow up that vehicle that's that's pretty insane and it can do up to 100 you know kilometers per, per second that's yeah because it actually has twice the health of a UAZ it's mm -hmm. literally double the health yeah the armored UAZ was never actually that much stronger and it came with you know the added caveat that you can't actually shoot out of it so it was Kind of like, what's the point? You know, it's good to call down a vehicle when you're way out in the zone, but it's not that much. It didn't protect that much, and you can't shoot anyone back. So I never really liked the armored UAZ. You know, it's cool to have, but you got to look through the windshield, uh, you know, the shutters. But yeah, this vehicle is going to be nuts. Can we talk about the red zone damage? It, it, it can actually take red zone damage. What? I saw that. Off. They alluded to it in the patch notes. I, I want to get clarification on this because I'm sitting there like, that is so cool if you could just drive through the red zone and not have to worry about it. <laughs> and grenades. <laughs> and grenades? That's make insane. That no, this is, this is it. This vehicle is the troll vehicle. You could absolutely troll with this. No, I think this... you're trolling me. You can't. 
What grenades don't hurt it? It's 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 there. It's in the notes. Let's get more clarification. Uh, says no, it I says, believe you. <laughs> as well as grenades and red zone damage. I mean, I don't know what what else. What, what if this thing's coming? It. What, what do you mean to do? Just shoot it with no, an AK? I I don't think that it means that it's going to not take damage from them. I think the language around it is saying that it can withstand a blast. Uh, so you you won't get hurt inside your vehicle, right? So I'm sorry if if I'm saying it the wrong way. I meant like as in if you get if you hit it with a grenade, it's not going to blow up right away. You need to hit it with several grenades. If it, it takes a red zone damage, it needs to be two red zone da- uh, bombs instead of one. That's that's mind blowing, you know? Mm. Yeah, it takes twenty. It has twenty five hundred HP, so you can just keep <sighs> keep shooting at it. You know, you think about the squad games where you guys all blow up a vehicle and it, t- it seems like it takes no time at all you're really all gonna have to hit those shots all in a row if you want any chance of of blowing up a car but you know there's cars like the dacia in solos i can blow one of those up by myself in a clip or two you know so this is going to be the way to travel across the zone i wonder if it'll be banned in competitive play to be honest because it'll just be so powerful I feel like it'll be delayed at the very least. I'd have a hard time believing that it just gets introduced suddenly. Well, yeah, I mean, they're never going to introduce anything. Like, I don't think they're going to introduce Arangal V2 you know, right in the middle of uh, in the middle of their season. It would have to be between splits that they get some time to scrim on it and get ready and probably even still have a few months where they're scrimming on it, but they're not playing on it. So that's a big change. You guys, I got a good question. Yeah. yeah. With this being introduced, would you rather use the flare gun for a package or would you actually use it for the vehicle instead? Vehicle. And I Sorry, agree. Did you finish speaking? Because it's vehicle, 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 vehicle. <laughs> for the no, first month. I agree. Yeah. I, won't, I 100% agree. I think people are going to seriously troll and, and it's, yeah. going to, it's going to either nerf the vehicle or ultimately remove it and make it only like a, like a, maybe a, Unless they, they, they finally introduce a ranking system and then they have, you know, legitimate rank games and then you have your casual games. This this couldn't honestly ruin the experience that we all know as PUBG. Yeah, but there's only, what, three flares in a game now, though? Yeah, and people still don't know how to use them properly. I mentioned three of these things kicking around. That's I would think that's cool. Like, <sighs> But there's not going to be three of them. There's, like, there's the option for, like, two vehicles and, like, one crate or something like that. So... I don't know. I think after a month, the you know the allure of it's going to kind of wear off. I'm going to probably be like, dude, just call down, call on the AWM. You know, I want to, I want to take someone's head off. Like we're already in zone. We're sent. We, you right. know, we're center circle. We're good. People are going to run back into the blue to make this thing happen. It is cool though that they're introducing things that like will fundamentally change gameplay for certain strategies. And I don't think this is going to radically change it. But when you see it, you're definitely going to think differently. It's a choice now. It's not like, man, we're out of we're out of crates that we can drop for guns. Might as well just call in that UAZ. It's going to be a legitimate choice where you're actually close to the zone. But you're like, I'm going to shoot it out here so that we get this sweet vehicle because it's only phase one, maybe. But late game, I want the crate. You're right. Yeah, I think you're right. And and we all know it takes a long time for these crates or vehicles to get on the ground. I think that's another thing that that makes it more fair for the people that actually do utilize the flare gun because you've got so much time on your hands to get to a location that you see a flare in the air. But um, yeah, you're right. That, that makes when that sense. vehicle is hanging in the air for the first month, 
that is going to be third party central. You are going to have to fight for your life to even get in that thing. But at least you know that when you get down there, no one's going to have already shot the tires out while it's in the air. <laughs> it's always so funny to troll the person who gets the armored UAZ by <laughs> giving them a vehicle with no tires on. You're like, ha, sorry, buddy. Yeah, We're going right. to keep moving. <laughs> that was one of the funniest things ever. Agreed. So that, you know, that's going to be gone. But people are going to be like, well, now I want it. What's it look like inside there? Right. For a time, it'll be really popular. No doubt. So this next point and we actually talked about Counter-Strike earlier in the night, and this thing has my nostalgia brain going insane. But in our pre-podcast warm-up game on the test server, Heath, you were dead set on finding the Deagle. Tell us about it. Well, I did find it. I, I liked it. it. It's big, and the sound, I don't know if they're going to change the sound. Like the the pickup sound, you have everything has an individual sound when you actually lift it off the ground. Now, it sounded weird, and then the reload sound, it sounded weird. Maybe it just sounded weird because when I say weird, it was like more metallic or more more robotic than the other sounds. Maybe it sounded weird because I'm not used to it, but it sounded cool. And then of course, when you shoot it, it's like oh, boom. you know, it's it's like a deal. What do you what do you expect? You know, a, a cannon in your hand, but um, it wasn't nearly as like the high didn't have that high a recoil i didn't think it seemed to be reasonably easy enough to handle it reloaded very quickly and then with the extended mag it went from 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 seven to ten mm -hmm. uh and i managed to pull off a headshot with that thing i don't know what, what's the headshot damage we know well, it's 62 damage per shot and i don't know if we know the exact damage but in the video they released today they said that two headshots from the Deagle to a level three helmet will take the person down. Ooh, and that takes the 45 APC ammo. Yeah. Oh, I feel bad because I had I had like 50 rounds. I could have let you all have a go. So I was actually oh, yeah, now browsing I'm Reddit today and <laughs> got into a conversation about the Deagle and the headshot stuff because obviously the EU was, was messing around early. It does 74 damage to a level two helmet and 83 damage to a level one i kind of wanted the one shot level one helmets to be honest yeah i want to i want to drive mm. by somebody and just one dig him in the face and that's it <laughs> see ya one dig <laughs> yeah <laughs> counter strike stuff <laughs> so good man i cannot wait for this thing and it takes all of the pistol attachments you can put a laser sight on it red dot uh no, you can't doesn't. put the suppressor it take right? the suppressor yeah so close, most of the pistol attachments. It's well, a pistol hand slash SMG now, so so the compensator is not going to go on either, right? Right. You know how funny it would be if it let you put the suppressor on there, but then once you took one shot, it just broke the suppressor. Just broke. <laughs> and you just kept going. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the Deagle guy's new pistol hand cannon looks and sounds really fun. But this is the one that I am probably most interested in and excited for. And it actually felt really good to me right out of the gate. And this is mantling, or as you know, I call it ledge grab. It is super fluid and really cool. I thought it was going to be so buggy, and I'm sure it is. Uh, but it it's super fun. I'm not going to lie; like I smiled when I started grabbing ledges. What you What did you guys think about this? Yeah. So you can you can jump pretty far, and just as long as you seem to be like above shoulder, you know, neck height, 
as long as you're holding on to your uh, vault keybind, you're going to be good to go. It'll just kind of, you'll see the hands just rise up, and then you know you kind of initiated it right. If those don't come up at all, you're going to do what I've always complained about, where you just slide down the front of a building with your nose, you know? Yeah. I, I think that's what I was doing wrong, was trying to tap the vault key at the right time, but all you have to do is hold it mm-hmm. when you're approaching that wall. But you've got to, yeah, like One Heart said, you've got to be kind of shoulder, almost chest height. So if you jump at the wall and you're too low, yeah, you're just going to do that slide down the face of it like a cartoon. Yeah, Alex, have you gotten to try it at all yet? I have not tried it, and it was because I didn't know how to do it. Yeah, so Alex, do you have uh, vault and uh, jump separated? My jump is my space bar, and my vault is actually, I don't actually use the left uh, buttons on my mouse, but I recently realized that I could just make my my uh, mouse button on the left side my vaulting. So I actually have my vault on my okay, mouse. Okay, yeah, I was doing that for a while. I did switch to the, but... Um, but anyway, so yeah, you're not going to hold spacebar. You'll just hold vault, your vault key, and you'll, you know, it's kind of like magnetic at that point. When do you actually hold it? When you're about to get to that? You can hold it as soon as you're in the air. Yeah, as soon as you're in the air. Because if, okay. if you're a little lower, it'll initiate faster. But as soon as you're getting somewhat close to the wall, you know, as soon as you're in the air, really, you can just start holding it and kind of conveying that that's going to okay. work. And it, you'll, you'll see it yeah. happen quick. And the only thing you got to worry about, people, is that, you know, you're pretty slow to pull yourself up hmm. it's it's a real momentum stop when you hit the wall but then you pull yourself up and then you do the mantle so it's longer than an or sorry a vault so you got to get yourself into a vault position and then go through so it does take time so if you're gotcha. caught while you're doing it with your pants down you know they're going to shoot you off of whatever you were trying to get on top of yeah and this thing opens up so many new strategies we ended up rotating from hot in on sandhawk over to camp alpha and messing around in Camp Alpha, jumping off of some of the roofs into some of the two or three story buildings and the windows that you can grab onto, like this is going to bring a whole new level to defending smaller complexes that have some vertical capacity to them because you now are going to have Hang people on. that can get Did you just not say verticality because you've been called out on that word lately? <laughs> That's exactly why I didn't say it. I wanted to say yeah. verticality so bad, but you, you made fun of no, me for making it No, you own that word. <laughs> you made the word. You own the word. We know what it means. Just Wait, keep using verticality it. is a word. What are you talking about? Exactly. It is a word. It's going to really, really change the game and put people into some crazy positions, and it'll make... It'll make that spot where you're holding two angles only. It kind of takes that away because now you're going to have to really be more reliant on that twitch reaction because someone's going to be coming through a random window just flying at you. You know, you've seen you know clips of guys like K-Mine and some of the other pros who are really good at jumping on the Erangel windows, but most people aren't getting up on top of the pachinki roofs and just like slipping in through a window and shooting you. They're coming in through like one the one entrance on the one set of stairs. That's going to go away more or less. So I think it's going to make pushing houses really interesting. It's I agree. And actually, when you were just talking, what I was thinking of is I've only jumped in windows that didn't have glass on Sandhawk. I actually wonder when the glass is going to break on Erangel when you do a ledge grab. It'll probably be before... Right, 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 you know, as you're actually passing through with your face, I don't think it's going to break when you, you land on it <laughs> and throw your hands in the windowsill. Um, I was actually watching Shroud's stream tonight, and he made a good point, and it's probably something you, someone can try, but 
He said if like you were in the air in a vehicle and then you jumped out of the vehicle to ledge grab onto a building, would that be a possibility? Oh, yeah. We're going to find out. <laughs> That's pretty. <laughs> let's try Let's Let's test the Challenge science. Challenge accepted. Yeah. Yeah. So if I saw a video of someone who was in Yasnaya and they were in that like police kind of building, it kind of resembles the prison building, and they jumped off from there onto like a little one-story garage, and normally you would take a ton of damage from that fall. And he did the ledge grab and no damage at all. Perfect. Wow. Yikes. So I don't know if that's going to, you know, I don't know if they're going to have like a something put in there where it's kind of like, sounds like a bullet punch, you know, aim punch and takes a little bit of damage off depending on the height. But just rips both your arms off and you're just going to run the rest of the game with no arm. <laughs> you know. You just take it all chest, you know, you've seen the movies and you're like, Ooh! and then they just, they're fine. Yeah, it's right. Like you need to... Can you cancel a ledge grab? So if you're hanging on the side? No, Afterwards, not yes. yet. So you can't hang. It's it's a full animation yeah. to pull you up. Because I was thinking you could drop from one window down to the next window, all the way down a skyscraper. Oh, wow. Yes. It says you can cancel the ledge grab while it's activated and fall to the ground. If that's what but I think you, I think you have one opportunity to go back, but you can't like go back up. Like you can't hang, you can't pause there. No, I mean grab onto the next ledge down. Oh, I don't know about that. So it says here, this is the first iteration of ledge grab. You cannot yet hang on the railings or slide down railings. However, ledge grab will be updated twice in total, including this update, and the dev team will keep working to enable those features. So it's gonna wow. be even more, you know, more uh, complex and. It's there's gonna be some crazy things. That is going to be an Assassin's Creed PUBG. Like uh, that's a that's that's insane. Slide down railings. Like that's what what are you saying? Like mm. it's the, instead of jump going to the first floor, you know, you're just gonna slide down a railing. You know, like walking from third to first. Um, it's going to change the way we play the game, and it's also going to uh, make people that want to camp out you know, for the for the placement points, right? They're going to be hiding on top of a roof. Proned out, yeah. Proned out because no one will see them. It's it's going to be one of those things that people will use it in the wrong way. But I am very excited for this ledge grab. And I, now that I know, it sounds like I know how to use it, thanks to you guys, Um, I'm excited to test it in the test server. Well, and you actually brought up... Uh... <laughs> trolling earlier and now i'm sitting here looking at the next thing on the dev letter which is the improved gas can and while i think we're gonna see some trolling with the amphibious vehicle i think oh, that gosh, by yeah. adding the ability to shoot gas cans and make them explode and do damage there are gonna be so many troll gas cans around the map for the next few weeks it's gonna be oh, insane yeah. guys you ready for this this is my idea and let's share it to the world and I, and I hope somebody implements it and clips it and sends it our way. But you know how you can loot, unloot something and it, when, you, when you're in the vehicle driving, it just drops to the ground? Oh. What if we were driving on the road and someone was behind us, we dropped the gas can and we all <laughs> shot it at the same time yeah. and blew up the vehicle? Like, there's so many ways you can use this thing. And by the way, it blows up even though you never, no one's ever looted it. So if you see it on the ground waiting to get looted, you don't have to pick it up first. Oh. You can shoot the gas can that has never been grabbed. I tested it today. Wow. It does take about four bullets from like a, from a UMP and maybe less from other weapons, depending on the power of the weapon. 
but that is super troll. Dude, it is troll. That's and awesome. I'm going to be thinking twice about every single building I walk into that has a gas can. I'm like, where is he? Where is he? Where is he? <laughs> yeah, like yeah. this is placed too well. <laughs> and I will say the explosion is probably half the size of a red zone bomb. It's pretty big. I saw Heath try to kill himself with it. <laughs> it's pretty big. <laughs> it's pretty, pretty big, yes. You know, there's probably a radius to it, depend, you know, with like tiers to how, you know, depending on how close you are. But if you're right on top of it, it'll do 90 damage. So anyone who's listening, you don't have to worry that this thing is going to be a one shot, you know, one shot and it's done. A lot of guns take four or five bullets. Even an AWM will take two bullets. Uh, so they can't just be perfectly waiting. But one thing is you can prep these things by shooting two or three of the bullets and have it one shot away. So there is going to be that kind of setup moment. Oh, this is going to be bad. Yeah. Yeah, That I don't know. That's Well, what if you throw a grenade at it? Will it amplify the explosion? Oh, funny. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. See, there's so much things that you can learn from it, right? Yeah, and I did see, though, there's a clip running around from Wacky Jackie's stream today. These do blow up in chain reactions. So if you had, like, oh, two of these on either side of a door, you could probably blow one up and have a chain reaction kill somebody. Mm -hmm. But he actually set up, I think it was like 50 of them, and it literally was dominoes of explosive gas cans. It was really cool. Yeah, He loves to do that with vehicles, so I can only imagine what he did with that. that i got to check it out. Yeah, yeah, and we'll put that in the show notes for anyone listening too, so you can, you know, you can check it out. As always, if we have something good that we've you know, found and we want to link, you know, we'll send that to you. But someone had a good idea to prevent the abuse of that priming that I think might have to come up. Now, I can't find the post to give that guy credit, but I'll try to. I'll try and find that uh, link. But they were saying, what if there was a leaking kind of mechanic built into it so that you can't just have them one shot ready to go? It should almost basically have maybe 80 health or something, so you would have to put some damage onto it to blow it up instead of having it one shot away. And then it's it would it's gonna feel really cheap when someone gets you good with that first one and it's only one bullet and boom bullet yeah. up. It's gonna feel even cheaper than a grenade. Alternatively, they could make it um they could make each gas canister random on how much damage it takes. So you could blow yourself up or blow it up accidentally on early. Yeah. So when you're trying to set it up, I yeah. think either one. So either if you shoot it early, it's got a you know a one minute countdown before it's useless and it just despawns, hmm. or it's yeah it could be anywhere from two bullets to five bullets and you won't really know so those are just things for balancing to think about sure yeah we used it tactically just once today and i put it on a doorstep because there was a guy in the building i put it on the doorstep and ran away and got line of sight looking down into one of those longer buildings in san Hock. Mm -hmm. so i would be able to see straight down into the building once the door was open and then shot the canister it blew the door off the hinges and then i could see into the building like there's going to be a thousand uses like like that one that we can all come back to next next podcast and yeah but alex's idea is the best <laughs> it is oh, blowing someone up I love trailing it. behind you like dropping sea mines yeah that's if you don't have a grenade too right because because technically grenades will do the same thing but i would say that would that'd be so funny it would be that. hilarious so the uh those were the super exciting ones there's some other smaller changes here that actually i think are pretty cool i think this is exciting don't do that. Don't diminish the rest of the report. That's rude. This stuff's really exciting. Yeah, you didn't even ask my opinion before you told everyone it was yeah. terrible. But, I'm but there's radio mine. messages, oh. and they're awesome. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> they are messages. They, they are awesome. So yeah, we're getting radio messages that basically are the you've got two things that are coming. You've kind of got a indicator on the screen for you know where someone's at with a location meaning near far close or near medium far and then the compass indicator but then there's also the generic radio calls that you get in most squad based shooters like enemy spotted negative sorry affirmative need meds etc cetera, etc cetera. i need healing <laughs> genji so i actually i was really impressed with the ping system basically is what it is where if i saw a guy in a hut i could actually hit the button to ping this and it would say near enemy and then the compass reading for me and we actually tested this out because i pinged a spot and then i asked heath what his compass reading was on the message and it actually updated it based on his so mine was saying 40 degrees his said 100 degrees which was kind of cool yeah so it's it's definitely going to be helpful and I think Heath mentioned it when you're playing with someone who doesn't speak your language. Because Heath, you're in Australia. When you're playing random squads, you're playing with people who are often from Asia, right? Yeah. Even even a lot of the guys I play with, you know, the Asian guys, they don't speak each other's language either. So it's not like the whole squad. No one's got a mixed language to use. So I'm yeah. assuming if you yeah. choose enemy spotted in English, it's going to change to you know, Chinese for those players or, or whatever, you know, language they've selected, mm. it is probably going to just be ready to go. So it'll just translate for you. It's very helpful, but I haven't really gotten to play too much with it. Right now it's, you know, just novel. It's fun, but we haven't really needed to use it in any situation. It's not as powerful as the Apex Legend ping system, but it's good. It's a good start. That combined with the ability to go into your map and right-click and kind of put the car down. I still want two charges for that at a time like be able to leave two pins down at a time but i think both of those together are going to make playing you know random squads a lot more manageable but not op in the overpowered sense not the overwhelming positivity sense (laughs) it could be both messages yeah it might yeah it might have some overwhelmingly positive (laughs) that'd be great enemy spotted he doesn't look too bad he looks like a nice guy (laughs) Yeah, yeah yeah i need backup if you have the time to come and help me, please. Alex, did you mess around with that at all? Did you did you enjoy like how easy? I'm gonna it was be to honest with you. I I don't plan on using that. Not at all. <laughs> Not at all. You don't need uh, it in solos. Uh, I will. I will most likely uh use it if I'm playing with a random squad. But I actually don't remember the last time I played with a random squad. I I don't do that yet. Um, maybe one day I'll I'll do like random duos with someone. But if someone's not gonna talk on the mic. And speak my language, I usually wouldn't even uh, play it. So that is just something that I think is is kind of Apex Legends, and it's cool. But what what was nice about Apex Legends is that when you did ping something, it would you would hear the character. The character had their own voice, and they would say it. Uh, sometimes was with this, you can you have to always read it, right? Mm-hmm. So it was on the left side. Mm-hmm. A lot of people put uh, position their camera there too. So like if a uh, viewer is watching. And you're doing that, they're not going to be able oh, to man, see that that's too. A good point. They're not even going to be able to see that too. So it's like I, yeah, it's right in that. Spot. I don't think I'm going to use it. Um, I think they're going in the right direction. I think it's perfect for those people from other countries, like you said. But I, I really think the military style, the triple D, is just that's just the distance direction, distance direction, and what's the other one? Why wow, I can't even think right now. Distance direction and dodgeball. Dodgeball. No. 
Wow, I'm drawing blanks today. I'm sorry. Speaking of dodgeball, it's uh, what, like the 10-year or 15-year anniversary yesterday for Globo Jim getting beaten by Average Joe's? Really? It's that been long? a while. Wow. And I got the next, the last one is description. Uh, so okay. description, distance, and direction. That's just the best way to call out something. And you just want to be professional, and that's just how the military people do it because it's just an easy, quick way to, to let your team player know on the comms, hey, that's where they are. Sure. Sometimes rock and tree don't don't cut it, though. You know? yeah. I think this could be a really... You know, when sometimes you do get frustrated. You're like, the tree on the ridge, you know, and that's the best you can give somebody. Like, let's be honest, right? You're in the middle of a combat, right? Or you're, you're trying to process. You, you don't want to, like, have to read something. Like, yeah. You, you're just, like, you're focusing on the map. You're focusing on the what's in front of you. Um, it's always better to communicate with people. Yeah, good tool, but may not be heavily utilized. But I think for situations like Heathson, where he's got, generally in squads, he's got many different languages. I think this is going to be awesome. Yeah, I don't think this is for your, your highest end of player who's playing a ton of squads with dedicated squads. I don't think it's going to be used at all in any of that top level. Yeah. This is purely oh, yeah. for the global community being able to bridge the gap. It's it's for that casual game where you don't have a lot of time. Maybe you don't like, you know, solos. Maybe, you know, there's a lot of campers, especially when you get in the TPP, right? Especially since Asia and really just the rest of the world outside of EU and NA is third party is the winner. And even if you just look at everything, it seems third party just wins everywhere. Do you really want to play that much solos every day after you get home from work where everyone's just snaking in the grass? Or would you rather be in a squad even if you can't really talk to them? So this kind of helps those people still play in a group after work when they don't have time to link up with a friend and kind of still get the basics. Like, hey, I need a little 556. Do you have anything? I need a little help where I see someone and then I need to start figuring those things out, putting pin markers down. Or play some training mode. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know, seriously, I, I 100% Shots agree. Fired. And yeah, no, for sure, lit- literally. So here's another thing that I think was uh, really funny, and I think this is the reason why they implemented this. Um, one, one of my friends actually posted a clip. She's from Europe and plays PUBG. She streams, and she actually had our so, teammate random you know, duo uh, use Google Translate to say, I don't speak English. And you could clearly hear it was Google Translate. For all that time you took to do Google Translate, it, this is obviously going to be a much easier way, like you guys said. Yeah. Most likely it's going to be like Europe and Asian areas because of the different cultures and different countries that are so close together over there versus out here. It's just really, you know, U.S., Canada players, and then you got some people from South America, but they usually either speak it a little bit of English or they, they just, uh, they just don't speak at all. So this is great. I 100% agree that this is the, the start of a new pinging system that should definitely help others. Yeah. And for anyone who's worried that this is going to just get spammed by your idiot friend who you can already talk to, you don't have to worry. You can mute radio messages individually in the team management menu. So, you know, if you do need them to hear somebody, but they're just spamming nonsense, you can just mute that or mute them entirely by hitting both icons. So you don't have to worry about it. And it looks like they're putting sliders in, in the team management for everyone's volume. I didn't know that that was a thing. But if someone's coming in super loud, you know, like some of us with like legitimate mics come in really loud compared to other people who are using headset mics, that are lower you could keep one guy up while turning the rest down 
that's going to be helpful Great. for people as well. That's so, awesome. You know, there's there's stuff in here, it seems, that maybe they didn't mention outright. Maybe it's been in here longer than I know, but I don't remember that being an option, having that slider in-game. So it no. seems like a really good UI and just experiencing if you have to play with people you don't know. Speaking of UI, have you guys seen what they added when you kill someone from 100 meters or more? No. The distance, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, they're doing oh. it like Fortnite. That's cool. And solos for sure, but I don't know about squads like i hope it does does it tell you after the whole squad is dead or does it tell you right away when you knock someone because that you could just tell the other person hey put it on 200 meters and then it's easy to distance you know uh range find where they are instead of actually using your your knowledge your skill set how does that work yeah i don't know i haven't gotten to play enough to notice it in action but i do think that it's a skill gap thing. You know, uh, your pros know already. They can kind of eyeball it, right? And you can be like, hmm. Right. And then, but even still, I remember watching uh, at least some older plays of Chaco, and he would be in a building. He would spot somebody. He would go behind the wall, and then he pull up his map and he would count the little squares. And I mean, this is in like one of his first earlier videos. You know, he counted four, and then he did it, and it took him time. But over time, you can tell that he doesn't really need that now, and he'll just rapidly switch and get that zero in proper so i think what this is going to do is give people that mental awareness where it's like all right i got that down and that's how far he was and you'll start to learn i think it's going to get people up to speed faster to the point where they're getting that hit and that zero in proper early just because they've they've had the note like oh that really far kill was 200 meters but i I see the concern that maybe it's going to be a little over the top for squads being able to get that extra info Mm. Oh, wait, it says here, this will appear only when you kill the enemy by yourself. But what does that mean for squads? What does that mean? Yeah. Yeah. So I guess we'll have to see how this plays out and if it really ends up being something that the community really doesn't like. Uh, Maybe it'll be something you can turn on and off in customs so that it's not in competitive. Maybe you can turn it off for tournaments, right? You know, if you're throwing a tournament, you say, hey, I want this to be a little harder. And maybe there's going to be more and more things we can individually turn off in the UI as we go on. So, you know, you could have just a uh, a no map game or like a no ammo reading game or something, but they can keep their on-screen map or something. It'll be interesting to see what different things you can take away if that stuff starts to get asked for. Yeah, agreed. Is there anything else that was new that was really, really crazy? I don't think so. I didn't think this was that crazy, but you called me out on that. So. Yeah, yeah, because you were broke. <laughs> um <laughs> It's it's crazy for me. I suppose it's not for you guys. Like I, like I just heard your points of view, and I see how it wouldn't. You know, the uh, the call outs, the radio messages wouldn't affect you as much as it will me. So yeah, that was just yeah. my own perspective thinking it was amazing. Yeah, Heathy was really delighted. We got in there and we were just playing, you know, duo squad on the test server, and I was like, oh, check this out, mm. and I did it. He was like, what the? What is that? Yeah, <laughs> he got real excited. <laughs> he was. I think you had to remap yeah. your button right away because it was in a weird spot for you. It's a bit. It was a bit strange, but oh. I'll, I didn't remap it. We were too busy. Just playing yeah. heads to try and do that, yeah. So easy to get distracted. We went in there to have a game and try and do some vaulting and well mantling and we just started fighting, yeah, straight away. Forgot forgot about all that stuff. Yeah, so no, we got um we got a new BP system coming, more rewards, some battle stat skins, some shoes coming out. And I think the biggest change there is that we're actually getting daily and weekly missions outside of the passes, which is kind of cool. But we don't know how expensive these things are going to be, but I think it's cool that they're rewarding people for playing the game and that they're paying attention to 
a system that was largely underutilized would be a nice way of saying it, but there's a lot of people out there that probably have hundreds of thousands of BP at this point with nothing to do with it. So this will be good. Yeah, so if we're thinking, let's just like spitball here. We have the like things like the helmet cost 20,000 BP today and the dances cost 5,000. And that's really been all we can really buy is stuff like that. What do you? How much do you think they're gonna value a BP bought battle stat skin? I, I'm guessing like a hundred k. I think that'd be fair. Something to grind for. Uh, I don't know. It seems like that's such a cool thing. It's a lot though. It's a lot of games, but how many people have like a million BP? I think a lot of people do, but I think they could quickly add in enough that would make people who've been playing and stockpiling BP for a while feel rewarded, but quickly drain some of that stuff. Yeah, I think it'll be interesting. I think it's just nice that they're finally like getting something done to make that daily grind that you always saw kind of mean something a little more. Well, the last thing that I'll say, they did put one note in here about the performance and that they put in that there's a 30 to 40% better load time on buildings. And I think everyone's going to say, oh, that's awesome or whatever. The reason I'm interested in this is that if there's less resources being used on the buildings, I'm wondering what the effect is going to be on gun load time. That's what I'm most focused on. We've been working on our shoots, and we were talking just today about making those rulers so you can see how far away someone is, right? Or how far away your drop has to be, rather. And I know Heathy has a guy that he made, Compound Killer, was making one out of wood at his house like some serious woodworking going on over in his household and and you use your phone right trigger yeah <laughs> but we've been having these like sweaty you know sweaty <laughs> drops as we call them where we're looking at paradise and above us are you know 20 parachutes and we're already setting foot on the ground but what happens is you land on a spot you go and you pick up this rinky dink gun that was 10 meters away and at that point everyone else has turned or you know landed on the ground behind you you've got the ump and it turns out you ran right over the spawn of an AK, but it just wasn't there yet. And so it's like, you know, you're not rewarded for landing first. Listen, you want to know what's rough? Try dropping boot camp, boys, where you're landing on a ceiling. Oh, okay? gosh, we're getting into you're this. You're landing on a roof, okay? <laughs> There's four squads, okay? And no guns load. Let's talk about that. You guys have a, an area left, right, bottom, top. You know what I mean? Like, let's not even go there. Like, I have an experience that needs to be fixed immediately. It's it's so troll. And I pray that this 30 to 40 faster optimization is the future because I haven't tried it. And it actually makes me want to. It's inspiring me to test it right now, to be honest. I'm actually intrigued. Uh, I didn't really check it out. That would be amazing. I will probably cry of joy. First of all, Paradise is better than Boot Camp. And... Shots fired. Man, that's, uh, that's, a, that's a big shots fired here. You know, we were going to ask Alex to come back and do a boot camp run through with us, and you might have just shot that. I'm all for it. I will, I will show you. I do want him to come back for a location highlight on boot camp, honestly, because one of the things we did while we were duoing was we were alternating between Paradise and boot camp, and he was, like, giving me some of the names and stuff, and it was it was really fun. You know, because he's like, I want to learn Paradise. And I'm like, I want to learn Boot Camp. So we'll alternate. And we had a lot of fun doing that. So we've done a Paradise location highlight. And yeah, dude, I'd love if you came back and did a Boot Camp highlight with us. That'd be amazing. I'm there. Let me know when. I'm game. All right. So I think we got through the meat of what we have going on here. 
Uh, there's a lot of bug fixes you can look at in the patch notes, but I'll just do a quick run through of a few of the other random things that are coming. So there's some weapon mastery updates that are coming. Uh, you'll now be able to zoom in and out on the mastery tab to look at your web, uh, your hard-earned charms that are attached to your weapons. There's going to be new emblem animations, so those growing trees for each gun of you know these like runes, they're going to actually have more of a an animation to them that lights them up. So they'll be pretty cool probably the first time you get your M4 all the way up or something like that. will be nice to see. And I know they're going to keep working on how they display that in-game. Other than that, the last match pop-up UI, the weapon icon displayed in the last match, uh, now varies for each player. The icons of the top three weapons with the highest score in the last match for you will be the pop-up message. So instead of just having a little dot there, you'll see more of an indication of your really nice QBZ, QBU game by showing those up there. And in-game now, you'll be able to unequip and equip your charms, uh, just like your skins. And they're in the test server right now. If you're trying that out, there is a bonus weapon XP test, just so you can see all that stuff working out. Oh, and this is huge. The UI for parachuting, since they separated them, has been kind of difficult to see, right? They made the outline a little more black around the white, a little thicker, so that there's more contrast in the world, depending on where you're looking, whether it be sky or the actual ground. I noticed this immediately on the first drop. It was very noticeable how much better they it is. They put some pictures in here, but they're looking at the ground, so they're both, you know, you can tell the, you know that it's got the black outline, but it's really noticeable when you're looking at the sky, and that's something that I know Trigger has taught me to On do. the Kendi, it was like, oh, oh my gosh. Yeah, I'm hoping cool. they can do that for the circle, too. Just just thicken it up a little bit so I can see it. Because even on the test server, I noticed the Kendi game where it was way down low. Speaking of the Kendi, I haven't been able to uh, play Vikendi for the past, like, five updates. Uh, it would always crash right when it gets to the plane. Really? Oh, yeah. And for the first time ever, it finally, finally, whatever they did, they finally fixed it. I've never crashed hosting a tournament with 100 players on all maps. I haven't crashed in any other map. Except for Vikendi, right at the beginning, when it when it right when you get in the plane, and you know how, how long it takes to you know have to try and get back, yeah. yeah, delete and then get back, and then when you get back, you're already floating in the air. It's like oh gosh. So that's my story, um, and I'm happy that they fixed it. So for anybody out there who went through the same thing, um, you can now play Vikendi. All right, so let's uh let's just finish up here. Custom games got some stuff. The replay system has been updated. And there are some special billboards going on for the GLL Grand Slam and the MET Asia Series. So those are going to be cool. Like I said, there's a ton of bug fixes, but that wraps us up for this dev letter today. And, you know, we covered a ton. We got to know Alex a little better. It was fantastic to really get to show you to our community. I hope our community becomes your community and they all stop by and say hello. So thank you for that. And then past that, you know, we got into the dev letter. There's so much new stuff coming. Erangel is not on the test server, if we didn't mention that before. The remastered version is still being worked on. That's going to probably go through one more test server, and then it'll be here sometime late summer. That's really all we know. But get into the test server if you can. Try it out. Take some clips. If you find any bugs, let the devs know. They really do need the help. Whenever you can find those things, just forward them along. But I think that wraps us up for the night. Uh, anyone have anything else? Anyone want to get their plugs in? I just wanted to say thanks again, Alex, for coming on, man. And if you're new to the podcast or 
new to hearing Alex's name and you go drop by, make sure you uh, tell him you're there from the winter podcast so he knows. Uh, but go say hey to him. You can find me on Twitch, Discord, Twitter, basically everything at MTB Trigger, but mostly on Twitch. So twitch.tv forward slash MTB Trigger for me. But that's all I had. Thanks for tuning in. All right, Heathy, where can they find you? Yeah, man, find me on YouTube with Heathy Keithy, or you can find me on the Discord, notes in the patch, patch in the note, the note, the note, the motor paper. Yeah, yeah, those. Anyway, feel free to hit me up for a game on the, via the Discord if if you like anybody. I, I really enjoy playing with new people and, and getting to meet people in the community. And thanks, Alex, for coming on. It's been great to hear your stories. All right, and Alex, uh, can you just give a little plug for your channel and uh, any socials you might want to plug before we get out of here? Absolutely. Uh, thanks again, guys, for having me. This was awesome. Had a great time chatting with you guys. You guys have an awesome personality. And you're doing an amazing job here at the podcast, the Winner Winner Podcast. Um, I hope whoever's listening, you know, definitely go check out these guys. And if you have a chance, make sure you let them know how you feel about the channel, too, because I can't be the only one who enjoys it as much, you know, as I do. So make sure you reach out to them. If you guys ever want to stop by, I, like I said, on Monday through Fridays uh, on Switch from 8 p.m. New York time to like 12 a.m. And my name is Alex with two X's underscore OP. You can also type Alex with two X's underscore OP on Twitter, Instagram, or YouTube. I got some really awesome, professional, very funny highlight montages you got to check out on YouTube. I promise you they'll make you smile and you'll see what I'm about from my skill set and also the funny stuff that happens. Thank you so much again for having me, guys. This was awesome. Have an amazing night. I hope to be back so I can show you why boot camp is better than paradise. <laughs> Thanks again. I'm not even going to let MTB have a word in on that one. We will have that conversation when we get there. All right, guys, that wraps it up for the night. If you want to support the podcast, even a dollar per month is amazing. You can find our Patreon in the show notes. If you can't, just drop us a word. Give us a review on iTunes or Podbean, anywhere you can. We appreciate the feedback and we appreciate the support. So thank you guys for listening to what we love doing so much. Big shout out to Spiffy Man. And thanks again. Winner, winner, out. <laughs>